Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Welcome to the podcast I like to call Hollywood and Levine. I am Ken Levine, your podcast host. And today's episode was actually inspired by a former guest. Remember when I had Matt Meyer on here a few weeks ago? Well, we were having lunch after the broadcast, and at one point he said to me, you know what would really be cool? Talking about the process of making an episode of Cheers. You know, from the story notion all the way to the final air product. And I thought, yeah, okay. That's a pretty cool idea. So that's what we're going to do this week. It is the making of Cheers on Hollywood and Levine. Okay, this is the way we used to do it on Cheers, also on Frasier. A lot of shows have different templates, but this is the one that we used. It was actually borrowed from the Mary Tyler Moore Show. Jim Brooks and Alan Burns pretty much established the pattern, and we just followed it on Cheers and on Frasier. But again, it all kind of goes back to Jim Brooks and Alan Burns and MTM because all of the people from MTM moved on to Taxi at Paramount and the Charles Brothers were part of MTM, also part of Taxi, and they then established Cheers and the guys from Frasier learned from the Charles Brothers. So it all stems from Brooks and Burns. So this is the way that we do it. Very different than the way Chuck Lorre runs a room. And, you know, his way is pretty darn successful too. But this is how we used to do it. So you start out with a story notion. A writer will come in with basically log lines. You know, you don't want the writer to come in with something too worked out because they've got three pages of story and the producers go, oh, wait, we, we did something like that uh, last year. So, no. So, basically, you will come in with something like, I don't know, Sam needs to go to the dentist and has never been to the dentist in his entire life. And so, if it's an idea that is interesting because you go and you, you pitch it to the producers and oftentimes the rest of the staff will be there as well. So you're pitching these ideas, and the producers, let's say Glenn and Les, go, hmm, okay, that's kind of an interesting area. And then you just start talking about it, and you go, okay, well, what could happen? How many scenes could you get from this? Where's the funny? Uh, what's it really about? Is there any kind of emotional impact to this particular story? And how does the story lay itself out? Now, in terms of how we actually break stories, you know, that's a topic for a separate podcast. But in this case, I can say that you toss the story idea around 
And oftentimes it will change. You'll go, okay, Dennis, da 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 da. What if uh, Sam has never been to uh, a gynecologist and uh, has to go with Diane for her appointment and Sam has to, I, I don't know, I'm just like making this stuff up at the top of my head. The point is that the stories evolve. And oftentimes, and I've seen this happen many, many times where you'll come in with a story idea. Sam has to go to the dentist for the first time in his life. And by the time you change it and change it and change it and change it, what you finally end up with is Diane goes to her high school reunion. (laughs) Seriously, these stories take weird turns and you go, oh, wait, okay, well, that's kind of interesting. In fact, that's more interesting than what we had originally. Why don't we go off in that direction? So everyone is trying to put the story together. And oftentimes you will have in the room one of those big whiteboards and somebody will keep a beat sheet. And by that, I mean, you know, they'll write with a grease pencil the various steps of the story. Sam has a toothache. Sam doesn't want to go to the dentist and has to be convinced. Sam goes to the dentist and the dentist turns out to be a Nazi. I I don't know. Like I said, you just kind of map this out. And meanwhile, the writer is sitting there taking notes. Sometimes a writer's assistant will also be there and they'll be taking all of these notes, which is very helpful. But You know, that doesn't necessarily happen on every show. It uh, behooves the writer to take good notes. Also, once you start putting the story together, the other people on staff who are in the room are going to be helping and they're going to be contributing. And oftentimes they will contribute jokes. They'll be throwing in lots and lots of jokes. Now, something that my partner David Isaacs and I did very early in our career which had pluses and also minuses was we brought in a tape recorder and we would record the story conference. So we had every joke that everyone pitched. That's the good news. And the bad news is which of those jokes did we feel we needed to actually use, which were just pitches and which were jokes that the producers, our bosses, threw out that we figured they might expect that we actually use because they're the ones that threw out the jokes. So it was very difficult trying to just decide which joke we could use and which joke we could come up with ourselves. Eventually, what we stopped doing is recording these things, and we figured, you know what, the jokes that people pitched that we remember are probably the best jokes. Also, You have these story conferences and you're pitching out all of these jokes and then the writer goes off for a week and he writes the outline and then he comes back with it. And by the time he comes back with it, most of the people don't remember the jokes they pitched. So no one's going to get angry. No one's going to say, well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. What what about that uh, tooth extraction joke I pitched? They don't even remember. But boy, it just tied us up in knots when we had the recording of those story conferences. So now we come to the point where we kind of have a story 
beaten out. And we now go off to write the outline. We have tons and tons of notes. We also have, in some cases, especially the later years of Cheers, we had the writer's assistants with all of their notes. And I mean, it's page after page after page. And we go off and try to assimilate all of that and put together an outline. There's a writer, David Lloyd, and he's a very famous writer. He is the writer from the Mary Tyler Moore Show who wrote the classic Chuckles Bites the Dust episode. And he wrote many episodes of MTM, also of Cheers and Frasier and Wings and the Bob Newhart Show. Brilliant, brilliant writer. Well, he would come in for a story conference and just sit there And never take a note. Never take a single note. And he'd walk out and he would come back with the outline and somehow, some way, he had everything. I don't know how he managed to remember every single thing that was pitched, but he did. His outlines were amazing. So the writer goes off to write the outline now, okay? And you're given four or five days. A lot of this depends on where you are in the season. I should point that out. If it's very early in the season, then you have a lot of time to work on the outline and a lot of time to do the draft and second draft, etc., etc. You get down to the end of the season and can you have the outline for us on Tuesday? And can you get us the script in four or five days? There's no time for any second drafts. You just got to get it ready for production two days after it's been turned in to the producers. So it really depends on the season. People always say, well, how much time do you allow for the writing of the script? And it's like, well, is it August or is it January? Because... You get very different answers depending upon the month and where you are. So let's say it's kind of early-ish in the season and you, you turn in your outline and there's a very specific outline form that we would use on Cheers and each show has its own format. We had ours and the outline was about 10 to 12 pages and it contained a lot of dialogue and a lot of the jokes. So once you turn in the outline, then the producers and staff members make their notes and they quote, turn you around, and they give you all of the notes. And sometimes they can be very minimal, and other times you totally re-break the story and you start from scratch, and it goes from Diane's high school reunion to Carla gets her driver's license. And so you come up with a new story. Once all of that is done... Then you are sent off to first draft. And early in the season, you have a couple of weeks. Late in the season, there have been times when David and I have gotten script assignments, and it's one of the reasons why they would give us script assignments, it's because we could do this, but we would write an episode over the weekend. You know, we get the outline, we turn it in, we get our notes on Friday, and then on Monday, we turn in a draft of a script. 
We had been doing this for years and years. I should point that out as well, that when David and I first started, it would take us a good two weeks to write a first draft, and that was working 10, 12 hours a day, seven days a week. We sweated over every period, every word, and eventually we just got better and we got into more of a rhythm and we knew what things to avoid, and so we were able to write drafts a lot quicker, but it took years and years of experience. So the writer does the first draft and then turns it in and then gets notes, again from the producers and again from other people on staff. This is early in the season because late in the season, you pretty much just turn in your first draft and that's it. But early on, you get to do a second draft. Once you turn in the second draft, usually you're done. Now, the Writers Guild allows for what they call a polish, which means they can send you out one more time just to do some fine-tuning, but rarely, if ever, does that happen. So now the writer has turned in his second draft, and it goes to the staff to rewrite And if the writer is a member of the staff, then he, of course, is a part of this process. But if he's not, if he is a freelance writer, once he turns in the script, then the next time he sees the show is filming night. But when you rewrite, again, it can be very little. It can throw out an entire script and be a page one rewrite. That said, whoever wrote the original draft of the script, in most cases, certainly we did this on Cheers and Mash and Frasier, whoever was assigned that first draft got full credit. Even though there are times when there was not a word of their actual script left on the screen, but still we always felt that we were being paid as staff writers to fix other people's scripts. That was our job. So to piggyback our name on the scripts just didn't seem right to us. Now, that's us. There are some shows where the showrunner and the other producers will automatically try to get shared credit. And every time you do something like that, it goes to arbitration and you have to actually win your case. But when you've done a page one rewrite on a script, oftentimes the showrunner would win that arbitration. We didn't bother. We just let the original writer keep his sole credit. So we all do the rewrite. And this is what we call the table draft. This is the draft that will be printed out, many, many copies, and it will be distributed to all of the various departments involved with the show, hair and makeup and casting and everyone else, also to the studio and the network and the cast and to standards and practices. And from the table draft, we will 
oftentimes build our sets, you know, if uh, a, a dentist office is required. So they'll have to build a dentist office. And uh, if a dentist needs to be hired, we will hire an actor to be the guest star as the dentist, and they will be hired based on this table draft. So now we go into production, and Cheers, like, oh, I would say 99% of half-hour situation comedies have a five-day production schedule. We didn't unmash. We had a four-day production schedule, but Currently, you have a five-day production schedule, and the way it normally works is you'll do three episodes in a row, then you'll take a week's hiatus, then you'll do three more episodes, then another week's hiatus, on and on and on through the season. So the season generally starts beginning of August, and it ends sometime in March if you do a full season of 22 to 24 shows. It really depends, again, on how many shows that you do, what your production schedule is like. You know, you bump up against Thanksgiving, you bump up against the Christmas holidays. So you generally end the season, like I said, sometime in March. But it's a five-day production schedule from the time that the actors first sit down with the script to the time that the show is filmed. Now, when you do a multi-camera show, just to review, that is the format where you shoot it in front of a live studio audience. So it's kind of like a play with cameras. When there are single-camera shows, those are filmed like movies. But Cheers and Frasier... And Everybody Loves Raymond and Friends were all multi-camera shows that were shot in front of a live studio audience. A lot of times the production schedule will be Monday to Friday and other times it will be Wednesday to Tuesday. Why the difference? Because number one, oftentimes you would only need the crew the whole crew, all the camera guys and all the sound people and everybody pulling cables, you really only needed those people for two days. So you could use the same crew on two shows. Let's say Taxi is a Monday to Friday show. They would need the crew on Thursday and Friday. And if Cheers was a Wednesday to Tuesday show, we would need the crew on Monday and Tuesday. So that was reason number one. Reason number two... All of the shows that I was a showrunner on was Wednesday to Tuesday because we felt we got better audiences on Tuesday night. Tuesday night, it's the middle of the week. People have something to look forward to. When you shoot on Friday night, you've been working all week. You're kind of tired. So we just felt we're going to get better audiences if we shoot the show on Tuesday night. Also, the actors in the middle of production have that weekend to memorize the script. So Wednesday morning, we have the table reading. And everybody assembles at like 11 o'clock in the morning in a big conference room. And the cast sits around a conference table as well as the writers and the producers and the director sits at the head of the table. And you have network people and the wardrobe people and the editor and 
various other department people sitting around the ring of this room. You have the table reading and the cast just reads the script out loud and you get a lot of laughs, hopefully. <laughs> you know, this is really your first indication of how the script is going to play. And there are times when it just goes through the roof and people are laughing nonstop and you figure, okay, we got a pretty good week. And then there are weeks where it is death. And then whenever the the table reading is done, the actors go off and start getting it on its feet and the writers go back to the writer's room and start rewriting. We get all of the notes, of course, from the network and studio, etc. But then we all sit and rewrite. And this can take two hours if the show's in really good shape and maybe it's just a little long and there's some joke fixes and maybe there's a turn that doesn't make sense and so we adjust that and we're out of there at 3, 4 o'clock. And then there's times when we're out of there at two o'clock in the morning because the damn thing didn't work at all. So we have that script and that script gets printed up. Nine o'clock on Thursday morning, the cast arrives and they get the show on its feet. Meanwhile, the writers usually drag in around, depends on the show. At Cheers, we would start at like 11.30 and in the afternoon, we would be working on future shows, outlines for future episodes or getting an episode ready for its table reading. You had a lot of different things to occupy your time. So the cast, meanwhile, down on the stage, gets the show on its feet. And then at about four o'clock, sometimes five, or in some cases two, there's a run through. And all of the writers come down and watch a run-through of the episode. And the actors may have some questions or some problems with things, whatever. We go back to the room, and this is our rewrite night. And this is really the big rewrite night because it's the first time that we actually had a chance to see the show on its feet. And it's early enough in the week that if you're really going to want to make changes and throw out scenes and put in a whole new second act, you want to do it as early in the process as you possibly can. So rewrite nights tend to be very long. And for many, many years back when studios were actually spending money, there would be creative consultants. And a creative consultant, this was a great job. I had this job on a lot of shows. A creative consultant would come in just that one night. They would watch the run-through, and then they would sit with us and help pitch jokes. And basically, it was a set of fresh eyes. And we had a couple of great ones. We had Jerry Belson, who would be there for the table reading day. We had the great David Lloyd, who would be there, rewrite night. In later years, we had Bob Ellison. So they were a big help. And rewrite nights tended to be lengthy. Rewrite nights 
tended to be midnight, one, two, at least on Cheers. Again, I can't speak for other shows. So now a new script is sent to the cast. The first day script, by the way, it's all color-coded. The first day script, the table draft, was white pages. Day two was blue pages. And day three was pink pages. So now it's Friday, and the process is repeated. At 9 o'clock, the cast arrives. They continue to rehearse. We do a run-through, which is usually earlier, more like 2 or 3 o'clock. And hopefully the script is in better shape, so now the only rewriting you have to do is fixing some jokes or a troubled scene is close, but still not really there yet. Anyway, we rewrite Friday night. Then you have the weekend to memorize the script if you are an actor and you have the weekend to sleep if you are a writer. And Monday at 9 o'clock is camera blocking. That's when the full crew comes in and the director now has this, we call it a quad split. It's four monitors and he can see what all four cameras are seeing. And based on that, he assigns all of the camera moves because once the show is shown before the studio audience, then the cast is just moving around the set, playing the scene, and the cameras are moving all over the place trying to capture the action, getting all of the master shots and the singles and the two shots. So it's a choreographed dance. It's very, very complicated and takes a while to learn how to do it. But that's what happens on Monday. And sometimes there's a run through. If the show's really in good shape when we're running shows, and we pretty much did this on Cheers as well, if the show is in good shape, there's no need to have a run through. Okay, it's a long day for the cast. Let them go home, conserve their energy. If the script still is problematic, if there is still that last scene that we just haven't gotten right yet, we may ask for either a run-through of the whole show or maybe just show us the scene in Sam's office. So Monday night, we do some more writing, more fine-tuning, and Tuesday is the day that we film. And the cast arrives at noon, and from noon to four, they rehearse with the cameras. And the director then makes a lot of fine-tuning adjustments uh, in terms of framing the cameras and maybe changing a shot and making something a two-shot instead of a single, that sort of thing. At four o'clock, the writers come back down and we sit in the bleachers this time because we not only watch the set, we're also watching the monitor and we have a full dress rehearsal with cameras. After the dress rehearsal, we, well, actually after every scene of the dress rehearsal, we have a, a thing where we call cast to the rail. Again, this started on the Mary Tyler Moore show. We'd yell out cast to the rail and the cast would come to the bleachers, and then one of the showrunners would give them acting notes and would also give the director 
some notes. So after every scene, the writers had their chance to weigh in and express actor notes, which was actually one of my favorite parts of the of the process. Then there is the dinner break. They're released. They go off. Everyone gets dinner paid for by the studio. And the actors do their hair and their makeup. And guess what the writers do? Yes, we go back to the office and we still make some changes in the script. And there are still new pages that get sent to them at 6.30, just as the audience is being led into the studio. And at 7 o'clock, we shoot the show in front of the audience. And it takes about two and a half, maybe three hours, at least Cheers did. A show like Friends would take forever. They shot from four in the afternoon until two o'clock in the morning, and they actually had two audiences. They would send an audience home at eight o'clock, and they would bring in a new audience at nine o'clock because as exciting as it is, to be in the studio audience of your favorite television show, you know what? After eight hours, it gets to be really, really boring. So we would usually keep the audience for about two and a half, three hours. After the audience left, we then did pickups. There were still some moments that we didn't feel the actors got right or there were still some camera angles that the director wanted to get. So we would end generally around 11 o'clock, 1130, and that's it. We would wrap and be done. The next day, we start the process all over again. But let's go back to that original episode. At this point, it gets transferred the film gets transferred now it's all hd tape but we're talking cheers and then editors have at it and make a rough cut then the director gets a chance to make his notes on the rough cut and then we producers see the rough cut and we make notes and in some cases we'll just see the rough cut in our office and just kind of dictate a few notes. And other times, the producer will go down to the editing bay and will just sit for four hours with the editor and build the show. He'll say, let me see the other take. Let me see the single of this. Uh, Is there a way that we can borrow a reaction from later in the scene and just put it up here and stuff like that? So the show is built... And again, depending upon the time of the year, you can have the show edited two weeks after it was filmed. You could slam it together and it could be edited two days after the show was filmed. Once the edit is locked, then you do all of the other post-production. You do all of the, the sound mix and the music and color correction to make sure that each camera has the exact same color balance. You put in the audience laughter and that sort of thing. And so then you have the finished product. 
you know, you put the credits on and, and all like that. And the network will give you a very specific format. And when I say specific, if they say the show has to be 23 minutes and four seconds, it has to come in at 23 minutes and four seconds. It can't come in at 25 minutes. It can't come in at 22 minutes. Here's the thing, though. You can come in either 30 seconds or a minute short. If you do, the network will just throw in another promo. They're happy to throw in another promo. But let's say you film the show and you edit it and it's all assembled and you're two and a half minutes long. Well, sir, you've got to do whatever it takes to get it down to 23 minutes and five seconds. And usually you think, oh, my God, it's so terrible. We're going to have to lose all this great stuff. I'm thrilled when we're over by two minutes or over by four minutes because you can cut out the stuff that didn't work. You can tighten things up. You can make it a much better show. You're really stuck when you go, well, we're to time. (laughs) So there's really only a minute of this we can cut. That's much harder than when you have two and a half minutes and you're long, and then you can really piece together a good show. So the post-production, depending upon the time of the year, takes several days, and now you have the finished product, which is delivered to the network, and I believe there are several copies, at least two, that are delivered to the network, because when the network airs the show, it is also running a backup, so that if Anything happens to the tape or the satellite, the transmission, any problem whatsoever, they can just click and go to that backup and they'll still be able to air the show. So there you go. That is the weekly production of one episode of Cheers. Okay, there you have it. Our thanks to Matt Myra for the inspiration for this particular episode. Also to Adam and Susie Meister, Butler, and Howard Hoffman. My email address, should you wish to get in touch, is hollywoodlevine at outlook.com. That's hollywoodlevine at outlook.com. You can follow me on Twitter, at Ken Levine. Also on Instagram, Hollywood and Levine. We will talk to you again next week. Thanks so much for listening. (laughs) Bye-bye. 